Well, welcome everyone watching online. Welcome everyone that's here hanging out at the gathering today. Y'all ready for the Word of God today? Y'all, I hope you came to church hungry because we got some stuff to go through today. It's going to be fun. Hey, anybody know what this is? Catcher's mask. Catcher's mask. You're right. Yeah, this guards a catcher's face. Anybody know what this is? Chest protector to guard the catcher's organs, right? Anybody know what this is? <laughs> yes, this guards another organ and allows for future procreation. Gavin could have used that a few years ago when he was launching this balloon. Check this out. Oh, oh, still, still as funny as when the day it happened. It's important to guard things, if you know what I mean. Hey, we're in week two of our series we're calling Growth in the Gap. Life, as we've been discussing, is largely lived in the gap. The gap between what was promised in God's word and actually seeing the product of that promise, between what was spoken and what was finally seen, between the, the, the revelation of God and the realization of the revelation. We live in the gap. Anybody living in a gap today? Maybe you felt like this week has been a gap, right? We've been waiting on election results and we still don't even know. It's a gap. Life is lived in the gap. Let me tell you about the, let me tell you about the gap. Truth number one, the greatest growth happens in the gap. That's the good news. Let me give you a little verse. James 1, 3, for you know that when your faith is tested, that's the gap, your endurance has a chance to grow. There is the intent of the gap. That's truth number one, but I got to give you the, the, the other truth. Truth number two, greatest goes happen in the gap. So we have our greatest growth that can occur in the gap or our greatest go. What I mean by go is like God wants to do something. God wants to do a work in your life. He wants to grow you. And instead, we bolt. We go. We distance ourselves from that growth opportunity and from the God that wants to grow. Maybe it's maybe something didn't turn out the way. Maybe it's taken too long. Or maybe we're experiencing fear in the gap. I love what Zig Ziglar said. He said, fear has two meanings. Forget everything and run or face everything and rise. Which kind of church are we going to be? What kind of man or woman of God are you and I going to be? Are we going to run or are we going to rise? Are we going to grow or are we going to go? Which one? We get to choose. We get to choose. How many of you know a person that when the going got tough, he or she said, I'm out. Instead of growing in Christ, they bolted. Anybody know someone like that? I met someone like that this week. I was getting some paint. I was in a paint store for an hour, y'all, an hour trying to witness to this girl. And it broke my heart because her father passed away. And ever since then, she's been mad at God. She told me, I will never set foot in a church again. Broke my heart heart. Instead of her tragedy becoming a testimony, it just lives as a tragedy. 
Here's why. Here's why. Here's why. Catch this. She failed, like we often fail, to guard your gap. That's the name of the message today. Guard your gap. If you don't guard that gap in a season of growth, what was meant for growth, because we're susceptible, because we're so incredibly vulnerable in the gap, instead of that growth occurring, we run from God. We create distance from our creator. We create a chasm, and that chasm becomes a crutch, and we never experience the growth that we are meant. Come on, you know someone like that. Maybe that was you at one point in your life. Maybe that was me. God wants to grow us, but we have to guard your gap. Tell your neighbor, guard your gap. Say it to the other one, guard your gap. Say it to yourself, guard my gap. We're going to, Acts 27, we're going to look at a, a story. Acts 27, Paul is in a two-year gap. So check this out. They got Paul in Caesarea. He's in, in, in prison, basically. And he's been there for two years, so for a two-year gap. And so Paul, he reaches out, he, he uh, writes to Caesar, the emperor of Rome, 2,000 miles away, and pleads, will you hear my case? And so Caesar says, yep, I'll, I'll hear your case. And so Paul boards a ship with his buddy Luke. Now Luke is on board ship with, with Paul. And the cool part about that is Luke, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, wrote Acts. And so we get an eyewitness account of what happened aboard that ship. So you got Paul, you got Luke, and you got 274 other people aboard that ship heading from Caesarea there and the western part of, of, of uh, Israel all the way 2,000 miles away to Rome. But you see, something happened along the way. Something happened in that 2,000-mile gap. It's called a storm, specifically a northeaster. And it blew them 500 miles off course right there uh, by Sirtis, that, that would be the uh, northern coast of Africa, modern-day Libya. And they experienced some trouble in their gap. I know nobody can relate to any type of trouble in your gap. It's only for Paul. So, so I, forgive me, this message isn't probably for anyone today. But they became disillusioned. They became desperate in their gap. And Paul showed them, and he's going to show us today, how to guard your gap. Acts 27, verse 18. We pick it up. We took such a violent battering from the storm that the next day they began to throw the cargo overboard. On the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. And someone is here today and that represents you. Someone is watching online and you're at your breaking point today. God sees you and he's about to meet you right there. After they had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, men, you should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete. Then you would have spared yourselves this damage and the loss. But now I urge you to keep up your courage because not one of you will be lost only the ship will be destroyed. Last night, an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me and said, do not be afraid, Paul. Do not be afraid, 
Larry. Do not be afraid, Amy. Don't, don't be afraid. You must stand trial before Caesar, and God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. So keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. Nevertheless, we must run aground on some island. Whew. I feel like that's prophetic for, for, for us today, for you and I and our situation and our struggles, what we're going through, what we're walking through. Lord God, thank you for your word that is just as relevant today as when it was written originally. God, thank you for speaking that word into our hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so here we go. How do we guard, how do we guard our gap? How do we guard our gap? It's one thing to talk about. It's another thing to do it. Number one, we got to guard your hull. Hull. The hull of the ship, and we have a picture of it. Guard your hull. That's the hull of a ship. It's the structure. It's the strongest part. It's where provisions are stored. You know what your hull is? Your heart. Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. That Greek word uh, from which we get the word heart, it was originally written in Greek, and the Greek word was live. The word live means inner self. Guard your innermost being, your inner self. C.S. Lewis, he compared a, us to a ship at sea. We're the ship, the water is the world. We have to live in the world, but if we get too much of the world in us, we sink. And I just wonder today, as we gather, do you think we perhaps have some unneeded cargo? Because as I read the text in verse 18, it, it says they threw the cargo overboard, and on the third day they threw the ship's tackle overboard. The word tackle in the Greek means ship's equipment. So they threw things that at one time in their life had value. At one time they thought it, it had purpose, only to realize maybe they didn't need it after all. And so they jettisoned that unneeded cargo. And I wonder if God's asking us to, to examine our hull, our heart, the innermost being of ourself. What's in there? So they're in this storm. It's getting so bad that they're literally throwing things of value. And then the gap intensifies. Verse 22, Paul says, not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Gee, thanks, Paul. <laughs> that's really assuring, buddy. Only the ship, that's it? What are you, some sort of, no wonder you're going to appear before Caesar. You've been in prison for two years eating a gummy bears. Are you crazy? If you lost your only the ship that we need to get to where we're only that's going to be destroyed. But I, I think maybe God's sending us a message that things that we think are valuable and that we need, maybe we don't even need. Say only the ship. Now say it again. Only the ship. Now say it really fast. Better repent in church today. Whew. I think I think God's talking and trying to deal with our ship today. 
before the foundations of the world, before that was ever written, he knew how that would translate into English, and he knew we'd be having this conversation today. And I'm not just preaching to you, I'm preaching to my own ship, if you know what I mean. Because I think we all got a little ship in our life. Amen? See, I used to, it's funny though, because you get older and you start to realize stuff. It's called wisdom. I know this world like says it's a bad thing to get gray hair and, uh, and to get old. The Bible says it's a good thing because you're all smarter. So thank God for our old people in here. We love you. We want to honor you. We thank you for your wisdom. But like I used to, I used to really care a ton about image and, and in college, I used to go to tanning bed. Now, I'm not, I know some people still tan. Ain't nothing wrong. You ain't going to hell if you tan. You might look like a lizard and wrinkly skin, but it's okay if you tan. But I got into myself and the image. And the older I get, the less I care. So much so that this week, I literally was walking out of the house in these. And my wife's not here. I don't know. She's she helping in kids. She might be helping in kids' church. I, I was walking out. The, Levi gave these to me. I was like, thanks, Levi. He's like, sucker. So I was, uh, Pastor Michael, where you at? Yeah, so I was, I was actually, I had these on for our, that Thursday meeting when we met. I had these on. I was about to walk out of the house and said, my, my wife says, I am not letting you out of the house in those things. <laughs> so I literally had to go home and I, I had to change them. See, and, and here's the point is that I'm getting to the point where like, I can roll a nose and I, I don't really care, you know? Like, and, and then my kids, my kids, yeah, my kids, they're free of it too. Like you would think that, you know, being young, you're really, you kind of succumb to all the pressures. But I'm so proud of my girls. We, uh, we, we I had a, uh, a golf outing over in Snobsdale. And um, I'm totally joking if you're from Scottsdale, if you're watching from Scottsdale. I'm just a joker, okay? But, but I, I, some friends that are here today actually invited us to, to go golf. And you had me at free golf. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm there, right? So me and Gavin go over to, to Scottsdale, and we golf, and we had a blast. I played terrible, but it was fun, right? And so after we were, I'm like, let's call up the family. Let's have them meet us over. So we met over at the, uh, what's it, the Scottsdale Quarter, is that what it's called? I think it's called the Scottsdale Quarter. Um, and and we, had, we had a dinner over there, and then I'm like, afterwards, I'm like, hey, to the family. I'm like, you know, we're having family night. And I said, let's go, let's go, uh, you know, maybe you just, because I know, I, I don't really like to shop, but I know the girls do. So I'm like, let's go, you know, we'll go look at some of the shops. Riley's, I think it was Riley, where I was like, dad, dad, these, uh, these, these shops are so overpriced. We already talked about it in the, in the car, because they drove separately. They said, me and the girls, we talked about it. What we're going to do is we're going to go thrifting at the Goodwill, because the rich people get rid of all their good stuff. <laughs> oh, thank you, God. Thank you, God. See, I think God likes to deal with, with, with our ship. And, and, and I guess I, I want to ask you a question. Was the gap in your life and in my life, was it sent for us to deal with useless ship? Could, could, the, could a sovereign God who loves us help us deal with the things we refuse to deal with, our useless ship? I guess we could ask the question that David asked in Psalm 139. Remember, he said, search me, O God. Point out anything that offends you. In the modern vernacular, I would say, we should ask ourselves the question, am I full of ship? Check this out. 
Ship my pants. Right here? Ship my pants, you're kidding. You can ship your pants right here. You hear that? I can ship my pants for free. Wow, I just may ship my pants. Yeah, ship your pants. Billy, you can ship your pants too. I can't wait to ship my pants, Dad. I just shipped my pants and it's very convenient. Very convenient. I just shipped my drawers. I just shipped my nighty. I just shipped my bed. If you can't find what you're looking for in store, we'll find it at Kmart.com right uh, now and ship it to you for free. That's got to be the best commercial. Oh, I'm sorry. This is the way my mind works, but here's the thing. You will remember this message. It's called association. We associate it with stuff like that. And then this week, here's what's going to happen. You're going to be like, there's some useless ship in my life. Long after the joke is, 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 is played out. You'll remember that, and I'll remember that. Why? Because God loves us enough to put us in a gap to where we can begin to evaluate what we're filling ourselves with because your filling determines your focus. I can tell what you're focused on, or I can tell you what you're getting filled with by what your focus is. There's a correlation, there's a, a congruency between your filling and your focus. In Caesarea, they filled the hull of that ship with goods, products, grains, and the payload. The sailors were focused. We're going to get it to Rome. This is what we do. We'll get it on time, guaranteed. And then the storm came. Then the gap occurred. And, and I just wonder sometimes what we're, we're filling ourselves with. Maybe it's poor priorities. And so our, our, our passion overwhelms our purpose. How do I know that's the case? Because a bunch of people aren't in church today because they're doing other stuff. And, and not that you have to be in church every single day of every calendar year, but our priorities sometimes get skewed. Um, I think a lot of us, I was talking with someone at the door, they're dealing with hurt. And, and, and what we do with our hurt, we fill ourselves, and it's not like a one-time thing. We, we, we curse the person who hurt us, we curse, then we rehearse the hurt, and then we disperse it to the ones that are closest to us and the ones we love the most. We curse, we rehearse like an old movie over and over again. We curse, we rehearse, and we disperse. And what we do is we end up filling our tank with the same old stuff, the same old ship over and over and over again. Worry. A lot of us fill ourselves with worry. Oh, God, what are we going to do? Oh, the election didn't, hasn't turned out the way I want. But listen, God has a plan for you and for I and for Arizona and for the United States. And so whether your particular preference occurred or not, or mine occurred, God is seated firmly on his throne and has a plan for our life. We're going to be okay. Amen. Amen. I, I got to share the five by five rule. You guys know this who've been with, with me for a while, but the five by five rule, if it's not going to matter in five years, don't spend more than five minutes being upset by it. Some of the things we worry about have no eternal value and no real significance in our life. I'm not talking necessarily about the, uh, the election, but I make so many things that we spend time just being all bent about have no real eternal value. If it's not going to matter, in five years, don't spend more than five minutes thinking about it. What I want you to do this week, I want you to do what Paul did. I want you to guard your gap. And the way we guard the gap, the way you guard your hull, 
is you fill that gap with praise. Fill your gap, fill it with praise. Remember in Acts 16 when Paul and Silas were in prison, the Philippian jail, because they kicked the demon out of a girl who was telling the future. They can't really tell the future because demons don't have foreknowledge. Only God knows the future, so that's a counterfeit, right? But, but they would, she would tell the future, so to speak, and, um, and she would make her owner's money. Well, they kicked the demon out, and then they lost their meal ticket. And so what they do? The, the people who owned the slave girl, they said, throw, throw them in prison. And so Paul and Silas got thrown in the slammer. And so, oh, not, not only did they get thrown in the slammer, but they got beaten they got flogged. They were a bloody mess. And the Bible says it was midnight. And they were in their stocks. Stocks are like these, basically these wooden things that they put on your feet. You can't move. And so there they are at midnight. Blood dripping off them. In the stocks. Can't move. Legs, you know they're falling asleep because you're like, you're, at some point your rump starts to hurt. And that cold floor. Prison cell. And you know what they did? They whined like dogs. No, that's not what the Bible says. Acts 16, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Amen is right, Dave. Amen. Because I, I wonder what I would have done. I, I wonder what you would have done. I wonder what my verse 25 would look like. About midnight, John was down in sleep aid and living vicariously on Instagram. I'm just saying, like, what would your verse say? Now all of a sudden, I'm, 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 I'm going to be in addiction. It was, a, it was a sermon illustration. Okay, guys, relax. I don't really down that stuff. My point is, what would your vo- verse read? What would my verse read if we were in that situation? And you know what? You know what bothers me about? I go to the gym, and there's the guy with the big headphones. Every gym's got one with the big honking headphones, and singing every word of that song so loud that I can hear it through my little earbuds. I can hear him singing way off key. I'm not a big Drake fan, but I, like, I know every lyric of Drake. And, and it made me think like, why? Why does the world get all the bold people and, and the church gets the wimps? Now I'm not calling you wimps, but we can be wimpy. Or we can be bold. The Bible says to be bold as a lion. And I wonder how many times we're actually bold. I wonder how many times we say we're spirit-filled. Well, how, how is that spirit so suppressed in us? I mean, if, they can, if he can sing every word of the Drake song, why can't I sing, I am a firm foundation. I'm saying it like that because when you have headphones on, it sounds terrible. It, not to you because you're listening to the real dude sing. But to everyone, I am firm foundation. You know what? Why can't we be bold? Why can't we rock it out off-key like that? Why do I have to listen to Drake all the time? And, and so I just, I think God is, is, is saying, fill that gap with, with, with worship, with praise, even if it's off-key. Even if you can't hold a tune, like, cry out to me. And I think if, I, if we're honest, someone might say, you know, Pastor John, I get that, but, like, I'm in a rough spot, man. It's just, it's just where I'm at right now. And I get that. I'm not trying to minimize what your gap looks like and what you're going through. But they say, you know, that's just where I'm at. I think there's a, a misunderstanding where we think that we need to, to get to the other side of our gap, and then I can worship you, God. And you know what God says? I know you're going through something. I know where you're at. He says, 
Just worship me where you're at. Worship me where you're at. We're all at a different place in life. We all have different struggles. We all have different issues in our life. We all have different hurts and pain and, and different. Worship me where you're at. Will you do that? That's exactly what Emery did. Emery's 16 years old, or 16 months old, sorry. 16 months old, not 16. They got a little time before the 16-year-old drama happens. But the 16, she's 16 months, she's got Down syndrome, and her family and her come to this church. But because she has Down syndrome, she can't always make it to the church. So you know what she does? She worships God where she's at. This was her, this last Sunday, worshiping God. How cool is that? And that's why we give. That's why we resource this church because we're reaching people who can't be here for other various reasons. But let me, let me rewind the tape. Before that happened, just a few months ago, she was, had to go in for heart surgery. Show that picture of her in heart surgery. Do you see the symmetry? She's still worshiping God. Oh, is she really worshiping God or is she just holding up a toy? Well, Ecclesiastes says that we are born. God set eternity in our hearts. Now, we still have to choose. We still have the vo 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 volitional beings. But he set that in you. People look up and say, I don't believe there's a God. Really? Because it's in you. It's blueprinted in you. And there's an inherent desire to cry out to God. But we have to cry out to him on our battlefield. Before she ever cried out to him when, after the heart surgery and after she's doing a little bit better, she cried out to him on the blood-stained battlefield. And if you can't worship God on the blood-stained battlefield, you'll never worship on the mountaintop. Why? Because the mountaintop, we get distracted. The, the, it's, the, it's, the, it's the battleground that keeps us grounded. We remember who we are, what God did for us, so that when we get up on that mountaintop, we don't get full of ourselves. We look back and we say, you know what? I remembered when I was on death's doorstep. Remember that? And now you're helping tear down every day in the kids. God's, God wasn't done with you, was he? Amen? You know who I'm talking to. Give God praise for that man. Come on. God brought him back. So guard your gap and fill your gap with praise. And in doing so, we will guard our hull. Second thing I want to point out is we need to guard our hope. Hope is a dangerous thing. You know what movie that was from? Yeah, you saw it. Shawshank Redemption, rated R. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, sinner. <laughs> it's one of my favorite movies. We got to guard our hope. And check this out, verse 20. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. Did you catch the progression? There's a progression of hopelessness. The lost hope was a result of prolonged darkness. Let, let me give you something else here. Proverbs 13, 12. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Length of darkness, extended darkness. Hope deferred hope. Say it this way. You can live 40 days without food. 
You can live three days without water. Evidently, they say you can live eight minutes without air. Don't try it. But not a second without hope. Hope. We need hope. And it was the time of that extended time of, of, of darkness that kind of began to steal the hope. So here's, here's I want to give you some practical ways. You're going to want to write this down or you're going to want to take a picture of this with your phone. Here's how to, here's how to guard your hope. Here's how, here's how to do it. Number one, stop wrestling pigs. Oh, that's really funny, Pastor. No, no, I'm serious. Stop wrestling pigs. The, one of the number one sources of hope stealing are people. If you allow them, you can allow someone to steal your hope. What do I mean? I mean what Jesus said in Matthew 7, 6. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. We have the hope and the light and the life of Jesus Christ living inside of us. And so many times what we do with good intentions, we want to help somebody. We want to fix somebody who doesn't want to be fixed. It could be your own son or daughter. And God says there's a timing. And sometimes, sometimes we just have to back up and say, you know what? I can't fix this. I'm losing hope. I'm giving my hope away because I'm wrestling pigs. I love what Mark Twain says. He said, don't wrestle a pig in the mud. You both get dirty and the pig likes it. <laughs> and the thing is, our mission field, we have, to, we have to love people and meet them where they're at. But there's a timing to it. Don't wrestle pigs. Number two, fill your own cup. Fill your own cup. Now, that's not selfishness. That's sanity. Fill your own cup. Okay, so this, I'm going sh- to share how the Holy Spirit gave this to me. I, I, I don't want to mess this up, God. So we, we are both, we have a mission. We are, we are missionaries, and we have a mission, Okay? What's the mission? Matthew 28, 19. Go into all the world and make disciples. So our mission demands that we are conveyors of hope. But as missionaries, because we're missionaries, we must also be consumers of hope. Now, that sounds counterintuitive because the church never talks about consuming. And if they do, it's always in a bad light. You're a consumer, get off your butt and do something, serve. Get off your butt and give, right? And while there's truth to that, there is a sense to which we also, also need to be consumers because we have a mission, so we convey hope, but the missionary inside of us also needs to fill themselves with hope, consume hope. What do I mean? Luke, Luke chapter 5, Jesus. But when Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Even Jesus needed to get alone with Jesus. And we think we don't need to get alone with Jesus. He did. He withdrew to lonely places, gap seasons, and had time to fill his own cup. One of my favorite sayings, you've heard it before, when your output exceeds your input, your upkeep will be your downfall. Remember that one. That'll serve you well in life. We gotta fill our cup. Get along with Jesus. 
And lastly, we guard our hope by not letting go. Don't let go. There's someone in their seat right now who is on the verge of letting go of something you were never meant to let go of. There's things that we need to let go of. But hope, people, people say, oh, you know, uh, you know uh, I just lost my hope. No, you didn't. You gave it away. You and I, we give hope away. We don't lose it. We don't misplace it. We, we, give, we give it away because we let go. That's why the writer of Hebrews says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. Hold unswervingly. A lot of us, we're like drunk drivers. Oh, the economy. Oh, God. Gas prices. Oh, the election. Oh, drama with my kids. And we like, we're like swerving all over the place. And God says, hold on to that wheel. Hold on to that hope and drive straight down the road. I got you. It's going to be okay. Because here's what, here's what I want to tell you. Things in the gap, Levi, are not as they appear. They're not as they appear. Can I, can I show you? Someone needs, someone needs to see this. This, this is one of my favorite parts of this, this, this passage. Check this out in verse, uh, verse 20. When neither sun nor stars appeared. Did it say the sun and stars stopped? Did it say the sun and stars ceased to exist? Maybe it said the sun and stars just burned out. Is that what it said? No, no. When neither the sun nor stars appeared. Here's what's going on. Someone's in a gap season. You're going through darkness. Darkness. Take down lights. Take down the lights. I want to simulate what you're walking through. Maybe you're at home watching this. Maybe you're in the office watching this. Or you're here and you experience darkness. And this is the only light. This represents the light of Christ. You're in your storm. It's dark. You're in your gap, and it's dark. It's stormy. Here's what happens. That's your storm. Neither sun nor stars appeared. For 14 days, they didn't see it. But here's what they didn't know. On the other side of their storm, a storm that eclipsed the light, here's what they didn't know. And here's what God sent me to tell you today. And if you leave away, leave out of here with nothing else, leave with this truth. The light never burned out. The light never stopped. The light is still shining. Your light in your life, you may not be able to see it. You may be eclipsed by all sorts of stuff. But God wants you to know today, 
no matter what you're walking through, no matter what it looks like, things are not as they appear. The light is still shining. The Most High God is not at rest. He is not asleep at the wheel. He sees you. He knows you. And he's using those things for good. Verse 41, here's the end of the story. But the ship struck a sandbar and ran aground. Is the light still shining? Even when you run aground? You sure? Can we act like it this week? Can we act like the light's still shining even when we come up against some stuff we don't like? Amen? The bow stuck fast and would not move, and the stern was broken to pieces by the pounding surf. If things break to pieces, is the light still shining? Okay, good, 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 good. Uh, the, the soldiers planned to kill the prisoners to prevent any of them from swimming away and escaping. They were getting planned to get murdered, to get, be killed. Was the light still shining? Okay. Verse 43, but the centurion wanted to spare Paul's life because God worked in him and kept them from carrying out their plan. He ordered those who could swim to jump overboard first and to get to land. The rest were to get there on planks or on other pieces of the ship. In this way, everyone reached land safely. Did you see that? The way in which God carried out his plan that was prophetically spoken by Paul when people needed to hear it most. The very way in which God carried that out was through wreckage. Whoa. Whoa. You mean God can use broken pieces? You mean... God can use my, my wreckage, my past, my weaknesses, my failures. Paul said about his weaknesses, he said, I'll boast about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me because when I'm weak, he is strong. That changes the way we look at the gap. That changes the way we guard our gap because now the enemy can't punk us and steal our hope. He, we're not going to give, we're not going to relinquish our hope anymore because God uses the wreckage to do great things. Sometimes your wreckage is in fact your rescue. Sometimes the broken pieces become flotation devices. Sometimes cancer isn't punishment, but it's preparing you for a season. Maybe that wayward child is to help deal with a wayward prayer life because now you're on your knees and you pray to the Most High God crying out to Him in true humility knowing that only He can make beauty from ashes. Whew! Changes the way we look at things, guys. It changes the way we walk through our gap because now we see that the light never ceased to exist. It was always shining. Four years, guys, four years, we've been without a building. Four years. There were some dark days, and I know you don't like to hear that. You like to think, you know, you like the, the perfect little message where everything's all fuzzy and all warm, the keyboard plays, and we all end on a happy note. But there were some tough times, y'all. Do you know that? I'm not going to give you a sugar-coated version. I'm going to give you the truth. There were some tough times. 
There's, there's still tough times. This morning, you know what we have to go through every morning? You know what that young man, Gavin, goes through as, as the creative director of this church? Every morning to get all this up at five in the morning and all the people that show up so diligently and so faithfully in the lobby, in the kids, in the park. You know what it takes without a building? It's hard. It's hard, y'all. I have to renew my mind each and every Sunday knowing that God has a plan and that, that he, I have to guard my gap. Well, we got some good news. So on this past Monday, this past Monday, finally, 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 we signed and went under contract on a 16-acre plot in the surprise area. So let's first of all give God praise for that. Yeah. But in God's unique way, we also had some challenges that came up this week related to some property. Um, and so I talked with my mentors and the, the elders and, and our building team. And uh, as much as I want to tell you the location of this, I value your trust more. Because I know some of you have been to churches where they overpromise and underdeliver. I don't want to be that guy. I would rather you leave offended today that, that we didn't tell you all the details, but yet maintain trust for your pastor. That means more to me than you being in a good mood today, okay? Because I, I know I, I've walked my own journey through that at different churches. And so we're not trying to withhold anything, but I don't want, until these, we're in a, we're in a 45 day due diligence period. And, and until some of these hurdles are uh, conquered, and we know that they'll be conquered. I don't want to announce the location because I'm not going to be the guy that says, oh, you said we're going there, Pastor John. Like, right? So can you, can you at least understand and respect and, and uh, trust me in that? Okay, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I really do. Because everything in me, the 13-year-old boy that's still in me, that laughs at dumb jokes that my kids say, right? And I won't even tell you what they are because they're, they're, they're not church appropriate. Wants to tell you. Wants to say, listen, it's right here now guard your gap. John, I gave you that message not only to preach, but to receive. Guard your gap, guard your gap, guard your gap. And so I'm guarding it right now, but I'm excited. I'm excited for the future. I'm excited for what's ahead. I'm excited to tell you something next week about what we're going to do for Christmas. It's going to rock our community in a great way. It's going to be what we did last year on steroids. We're going to do what we did last year. I'm going to just give you a little tease. What we did last year, where 1,200 people showed up, we ran out of seats, we didn't have enough people. We're going to be doing that to a greater level, and I'm so excited to tell you about it, but I'm going to, I will tell you that next week. And who knows? We might have more updates. I might be able to tell you the location next week. I don't know. It's in God's timing, but I'm so excited for what God's doing. So excited to have land. So excited for the future, but no matter what, can we always remember, back when none of you were here except like a few of you, most of, most of you weren't here. I said from the day one, it'll never be about a building. Yes, we need a building. Yes, we need land. We do. But remember, we are the temple. We are God's building. Amen? Can we always remember that? Amen. So as we close, this week, guard your hall. Okay? When you leave out this place, guard your hall. And remember, you might have to examine that payload. What's in there? Maybe you need to offload your payload, and your payback will, might be your way back. Ooh, did you catch that? Sometimes we offload our payload 
The payback for that is the way back. God, like this, God brought him back. So guard your hope. Guard your hope. And remember, when the enemy whispers lies and he tries to extract your hope, he tries to rob you of your hope. Say, uh, 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 I ain't giving it away. You ain't stealing my joy. You ain't stealing my hope. The light is still shining. Friends, God is telling us exactly what Paul told 275 other sailors that day. He's saying, it's going to be okay. We're going to get through the gap. We're going to do it together. We're stronger together. We don't get taken out. It's when we stray off and leave the church and get alone and try to isolate that the enemy starts picking us off. But together, the gathering in the church of God is a force to be reckoned with. Let's guard our gap and not settle for anything less than what God has destined for you and for me and for us as a church family. Let's guard our gap. Lord, I thank you for this church. I thank you that you allow me to to be a part of this and to lead this, God. I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful for all our our pastors and our our ministry servants and, and volunteers and people who say yes to you, God. They are making a difference in people's lives. Help us stay focused. Help us stay on on point, God. We have so many days left. We don't know how many, but let us be found using them for your glory, doing what has meaning and purpose, not being distracted. Help us guard our hope today. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're watching online or here today, you don't know Jesus, you can make him your Lord and Savior by simply praying this prayer. Say, Jesus, I need you in my life. I'm running to you today. Thank you for seeing me in my gap and for bringing me back to you. I'm yours from this moment on. I am yours. I make you my God from this moment forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's welcome them to the family of God. Come on. Yes, you made that decision. We are super excited. Put that in the chat. If you're here and you made that decision, stop at our Connect counter. We got a little free gift. If you need prayer, get your butt down here after we dismiss and receive prayer. God does magical things, special things when families come together and pray. For the rest of us, let's leave up out of here with a smile on our face, ready to guard that gap and have a great week. Amen? Amen. God bless you guys.